0: Hello, and welcome to The Resistible Rise of J.R. Brinkley, the first of two plays that will be brought to you this season by Untitled Theatre Company No. 61, A Theatre of Ideas, based in New York City. This is the first of four episodes for this particular audio drama. My name is Dan Butler, and I will be your narrator and host. And with us now is the artistic director and playwright, Edward Einhorn. Are those goats, I hear, Edward?
1: Goat sound effects, yes.
0: Ah, and why don't you explain to the audience why we are hearing them?
1: Well, the goats are an important part of the story of John R. Brinkley. Mmm,
0: and this is a true story, is that right?
1: For the most part. I take a little artistic license sometimes, but Brinkley was a real man who lived in the early part of the 20th century, and all the events in the play are true more or less. When I make something up, I try to make that clear.
0: Ah, and at the end of each episode, there will be an interview with a guest. Who is our guest today?
1: For today's episode, it's just me, I'm afraid. For those interested, I'll be talking more about the history of Brinkley and of this play. For the upcoming episodes, we have some exciting guests planned, uh, experts on American history and specifically the history of country music.
0: Oh, you're an exciting guest, Edward. Don't sell yourself short. For now, let's get to our story. It all began in Milford, Kansas, when a man named Mr. Stitsworth came to Dr. Brinkley with a very unfortunate medical condition. What's that condition, Mr. Stitsworth? Got a flat tire,
2: Dr. Brinkley. Now, what exactly does that mean, Mr. Stitsworth? No juice in the Johnson. Ah, I see. So you're saying you've, uh... Got no tool in the baby-making
0: belt. Right, I understand. Erectile dysfunction, to use the technical term. Still a big business.
2: You know who never has trouble hoisting his flag? A goat. Oh, that's true enough, Dr. Brinkley. Notice that myself. I, I got some goats of my own. They're always ready to rut. Is that so? Yes, sir. Can't keep them down. Wish I could be a little more like them, to tell you the God's honest. Hmm. So is there anything you can do for me, Doc? If you have any ideas, I'd be
0: grateful. I'm not a rich man, but I'd be willing to pay as much as I got for a cure. Here's an important thing to know about our Dr. Brinkley. He was the ambitious sort. The town of Milford, Kansas, was barely more than a few hundred strong, but Brinkley had dreams of making himself a great fortune. He knew... That America was the place where a man could come from anywhere and succeed. And with his smarts, he intended to do just that. He was just waiting for his opportunity.
2: Well now, I might have an idea. It's a bit experimental, but if you're willing to take a chance. Whatever it takes, Doc. Well why don't you bring your goat bone by tomorrow and I'll see what I can do. My goat? Why do you want my goat? Well as I say, it's a bit of an experiment, but I've done a lot of research on goats and I have reason to believe their gonads have power. What I have in mind is a simple operation, a sort of transplant. And when it's over, well, let's see if maybe your flat tire ain't quite so flat anymore. Are you willing to give it
0: a try? You are gonna give me billy goat nuts? That's right. If it cures me. Good man. Here, we take no artistic license. It's just fact. The first recorded transplant of goat glands into the testicles of a man took place right in that little town of Milford. And that operation was performed by Dr. John R. Brinkley. And what happened? Well, I won't say it was because of the billy goat nuts. It wasn't. But whatever it was, Mr. Stitsworth found himself in complete working order soon after
2: i am forever grateful dr brinkley you should let someone know about this discovery of yours you might be able to make a little money off of it that's not a bad idea you're right maybe i could at that maybe you could help me spread the word
0: i'd be glad to
2: well i do appreciate it i
0: really do Mr. Stitzworth, it turned out, was so happy to be back in the baby-making business that he wanted to tell everyone he knew. And soon, they started coming by the droves.
1: Hi there, Dr. Brinkley. I've got a sort of a problem. Heard you can help?
0: This is Jimmy. He's no one special, doesn't appear in the history books or anything. He's just a regular, everyday fella with a problem. Jimmy,
2: isn't it? I've met you before. You work at the grocery store, don't you? Uh Uh-huh. And this is your wife? Laura. That's right. Laura.
3: I didn't think you'd
0: remember me.
2: Well, of course I do. But the problem's mine, Doc, not hers. And the problem is? Well, uh... It... (laughs) I see, I see. Well, no need to be embarrassed, not here. As you know, I have a remedy. It is expensive, I have to warn you. But everything worthwhile is. I know. We've saved up some money, only
0: we don't have a goat of our own.
3: Well, my brother has one, but we didn't exactly want to tell him what it was for.
2: Well, no need to worry. I have a little herd of my own up back now. Maybe we can have a look at it and see which of my goats seems sturdy to you. There will be an extra charge for that, of course. Each one of them has only but one set of nuts. I understand.
1: Well, I suppose we can manage the extra charge, if you're sure it will cure me.
2: I said it would, didn't I? Now, if there is one thing I hate, it's a man who questions me. You think just because I'm a small-town doctor, I don't know better than a doctor in Kansas City, or out of New York, or Los Angeles? I'm very smart, believe me. I'm sorry, Doc, I didn't mean to offend. If I say I'm going to cure you, I will.
0: Soon, Brinkley's reputation began to grow. He started visiting nearby towns and making himself a good living while he did it. There were some setbacks, but you'll hear more about those in a moment. For now, I'm going to introduce you to a character called the Blind Cowboy. The Blind Cowboy is what we call a conflation, which is to say he never existed, but a few other cowboys did, one blind, one singing, and Well, we only have room for so many cowboys in one show. This much is true. Back when our story begins in 1920 or thereabouts, country music was just being born out of a mixture of folk and hillbilly music. And Dr. Brinkley was an early fan of those singers. So here's one of those early songs. What was it called originally, Edward?
1: Originally, it was called Grave in the Pines. It was about a young woman who dies in the forest, or possibly she was murdered, it depends on the version. My lyrics give it a different twist, however. Howdy there, folks. So good to see you
3: this evening. I have a little ditty for you, heard it upon my travels. Y'all feel free to sing along if you know it. Why don't you? Ready now? Here it goes. There once was a man with a sad melody. That seemed quite hard to cure Till he met a doc So tremendous he Though deeply insecure Now this clever doc Cut the nuts off a goat To put in our man's sack The sack filled with pus And it started to gloat Alas, alas, alas Feel free to join in on the chorus if you know it It's a lie, it's a lie The doc told you a lie Let's plainly state the
4: truth And
3: you're gonna die Cause he told you a lie Gonna die, it's a lie, it's a lie That's the sound of a man with a brand-new pair of goat glands, folks. And soon the man lay with a fever in bed. All night he tossed and turned. His skin had turned green and his pecker turned red. It burned and burned and burned. Now when the doc heard about the man's sorry state, He said it wasn't true. The sickness was fake, or simply his fate, and there's nothing he could do. It's a lie, it's a lie, the doc told you a lie, let's blankly state the truth.
4: It's a lie!
3: Some of these operations have more extended complications. So what have we learned from this man's sorry tale? That life can be a bitch. And our clever doc should be rotting in jail instead of getting rich. Everybody! It's a lie, it's a lie The i told you a lie. Let's blame this state the truth. And you're gonna die cause I told you a lie. Gonna die, it's a lie, it's a lie.
0: Well, Dr. Brinkley was awfully taken by the blind cowboy's songs. He'd never heard music he enjoyed quite so much. So, Dr. Brinkley decided he wanted to meet this young man.
2: That's an awful nice tune there, cowboy. Well, thank you, sir.
3: I can't ride no more. I got some wood chips in my eyes while I was chomping, and can't exactly see straight nowadays, so I've taken the music as my comfort. What brings you here?
2: Just staying over for the night. I'm a doctor, and I'm making a house call I've an operation I've created involving the gonads of a goat. Are you Dr. Brinkley? That I am. Well, I've heard of you. You're famous around here. Hey, I don't suppose you come up with a cure for my eyes while you're at it? Not as yet, I'm afraid, but I have hopes that my goat gland operations will one day be able to cure a myriad of ailments, including blindness. Well, when that day comes, make me your patient. You'll be the first I cure, believe me. Are you boys gonna just sit there, or when are you gonna order a drink? Don't mind if I do. Never refuse a good drink, or two. And one for my new friend, the cowboy.
0: Pretty soon, Brinkley and the cowboy were feeling friendly. And Brinkley, as was relatively common for him, was blind drunk. And he called me a
2: fraud, he did walked right out of my clinic. I'll never forget that, bastard. I'm gonna pay back all the bastards back, you hear me? Pay them back double,
0: believe me. It's rumored that Brinkley may have performed one or two of his operations while inebriated. But still, his reputation spoke for itself, and with some encouragement, some of his patients spoke for it as well. And those that didn't experience quite the results they were hoping for. Well, no man wants to say he has a flat tire in public, does he? Dr. Brinkley changed my life. He changed my life, I say. I had given up on the hope of ever having children, and now
2: my wife and I well, from the size she's become, it almost looks like she's gonna have
0: twins. You know what? If we have a boy, I'm gonna call him Billy.
2: After the goat!
0: But Brinkley was planning on an empire that spanned well beyond a few rural towns in Kansas. As luck would have it, there was a new thing called radio. And Brinkley was one of the first to realize its potential. Any man with the right equipment and a license could broadcast. But back then, there weren't many trying. Those that were aimed mostly not to offend, playing news and the kind of music that was better suited to put people to sleep than entertainment. Brinkley had a different idea, a more folksy presence on the air.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to KFKB, the sunshine station in the heart of the nation. You're once again listening to the voice of J.R. Brinkley, out of the Brinkley Hospitals in Milford, Kansas. I am here with my wife, Minnie. Say hello to the folks out there, darling.
4: Well, howdy there,
2: Kansas. It's a beautiful day out, and later today, me and the missus will be driving out to picnic by the lake.
4: It's an awfully long trip,
2: even by motor car. It is. How often have I wished we could have a lake nearby? Would help solve the drought problem, too, if we did, don't you think? Probably. But just try to explain that to the government, I suppose. Now, my friends, I want to speak to you about a delicate matter.
4: Uh, Do you think maybe they should ask the children to leave the room?
2: Perhaps they should. As you may know, I am a doctor. And one of my claims to fame is I came up with an operation that can cure a common but debilitating malady that many men are afflicted with. Are the children gone? Good. I am speaking, of course, of the curse of impotence. I have heard so many heartbreaking stories from men who want dearly to have a family and yet cannot function. It ain't easy for the wives either, is it, Minnie?
4: Well, I certainly wouldn't know, but I would imagine not.
2: Gentlemen, do not tell yourselves that your wives are icebergs with no desires of their own. No. Impotence also has its impact on the delicate sex. Why, I know families where the devil is to pay in fusses and temperamental sprees, all due to the husband not being able to function properly.
4: It is not easy to run a home without having the comfort of a marriage bed.
2: But here at Brinkley Hospitals, we have an answer for your maladies. It's something that I came up with right here in Kansas in the heart of America, where common sense can be found in abundance. And all I had to do was take a hard look around me. What did I see? I saw a goat. My friends, let me explain what I mean.
0: Yes, Brinkley was awfully good on the radio. He realized that Americans don't want to hear some announcer squawking. They want to hear a friend someone regular who talked like them and they didn't want to hear classical music they wanted the kind of music that real folks like to listen to which was why he brought along his friend the blind cowboy now before i get to the next part of the story i want to ask you a quick question what is the stupidest lie you ever fell for something that you look back at and ask well how did i ever believe that
1: well certainly i've fallen for a lot of stupid lies but the one that I think about is this one lie that I kept falling for over and over again when I first came to New York. I was working at this internship at New Dramatists, and I would come into Penn Station and there would be people who would come up to me and the first guy came up to me he was speaking in Hebrew he said he was lost he had come in from Israel and he was trying to get to Philadelphia and he didn't know what to do and I gave him about 20 or 30 bucks and he asked for my address so he could mail me a check and I gave it to him which was probably not that wise either. And he went off. Of course, I never heard from him again. And then the next week, somebody came up to me with the exact same story. And I thought, well, this is strange. But I don't know, maybe he's stranded. And it's just a coincidence. And I gave him the money again. And a few days later, someone else came up to me with the exact same story. I mean, it was almost line by line. And I realized it was some sort of routine that somebody had come up with and other people had heard and they started doing over and over again. And it literally happened to me like 10 times and it became less and less believably Jewish. They stopped being able to speak Hebrew, but they still had the exact same story. And I went up to a police officer in Penn Station at some point and said, this is happening. And his response was sort of, well, kid, welcome to New York.
0: I asked you that question because I am about to introduce Brinkley's arch nemesis, Dr. Morris Fishbein. Dr. Fishbein was the chief editor at the Journal of a very new organization called the American Medical Association. He also had a mission in life, which was to uncover lies and quackery in every form. He was author of the book Medical Follies and its sequel, New Medical Follies. And he became particularly interested in Brinkley's brand of quackery after Brinkley came to California to perform his peculiar operation at the behest of billionaire Harry Chandler, owner of the Los Angeles Times. Soon after, the paper blared. Dr. John R. Brinkley has performed over 12,000 operations, each one of them successful. It is rumored that some very well-known celebrities whose names we have been asked to withhold are among his
3: satisfied clientele. Dr. Fishbein, what do you think of this new sensation?
2: I deem John Brinkley to be the most daring and the most dangerous charlatan in the country. He is an active menace to the population of wherever his practices extend. Not only do I call for the immediate removal of his medical license, but I have contacted the Federal Radio Commission and asked them to suspend his radio license as well. There must be an end to the obscene mouthings and pernicious pronunciations of this most lethally damaging quack. I have heard that he has begun to move beyond his fraudulent gonad operation and he's selling sham elixirs as well, promising all manners of fantastic cures from his specially patented medicines. He must not be allowed to continue to spread this chicanery over the airwaves any longer. My dear radio friends, thousands of letters and affidavits have arrived, pledging me your support in the present hour of trial. I appreciate your loyalty more than you'll ever know. Now, don't sit back and think your job is done. Write to the Federal Radio Commission and tell them the truth about me and my broadcasts. Tell them how my operation and my new line of medicines, available, by the way, at pharmacies throughout Kansas, how these cures have helped you and your family through difficult times. Inform them that Morris Fishbine, a member of the Hebrew race, and by the way, a desperate failure as a doctor, cannot tell us what we are and are not allowed to do in Kansas. It is sad, sad that such a man is even allowed to lead the so-called American Medical Association. I am depending on you, my friends, to keep this station going, as is the blind cowboy and all our country singers all right back to the business at hand i see we have a caller hello you've reached the medical question box hello yes i'm calling for dr brinkley this is dr brinkley
4: i have an urgent medical question for dr brinkley do you think you might be able to get me on the show you are on the show you are on the air
2: turn off your radio please May I speak to Dr. Brinkley? You are speaking to him, ma'am. We are live on the air right now. I am Dr. Brinkley. You're Dr. Brinkley? That's right, right. ma'am. Your radio. Uh,
4: Sorry. Oh, I just need to... Okay. Uh, I can't believe I reached you. Your
2: question, ma'am.
4: Oh yes, I'm so sorry. Well, uh, let me start with the simple one. I have, well, truth be told, it's a bit of a rash, you see. Don't know how it came about, but it just won't go away, and it itches something fierce. Might you have something you would recommend for that?
2: Indeed I do. Prescription number seven. You can get it from any Brinkley-Associated Pharmacy, equal parts black gunpowder, sulfur, and hog lard. Grease yourself with it for three days. When you wash it off on day four, the itch will be gone. I promise, and with that promise comes a money-back guarantee.
4: Why, that sounds perfect. Thank you. Dr. Brinkley, you truly are a godsend. I listen to you every day I will have you know. It's a bit of comfort when times are difficult.
2: How nice of you to say. I hope things aren't too difficult at the moment.
4: Well... We all have our crosses.
2: You mentioned that this was the simple question. Is there another problem?
4: Uh, Yes. Uh, It's a bit of a sensitive nature.
2: Is it about your husband?
4: My husband, as you guessed. The thing is, he's not so keen on your goat gland cure. He's not sure human and goat can mix.
2: Well, you can assure him I've done thousands of operations, all successful.
4: Yes, I understand that. My husband, though, he said he didn't make his fortune by ignoring his instincts. What profession is he in? He's a banker. He's a kind man and a good provider. And I do wish... I do wish I could... Give him a son. (laughs) So, I had a bit of another idea.
2: What's that? Well,
4: not long ago, there was a bit of a terrible crime in our town. A young man who took advantage of a girl. I see. Fortunately, they caught him, and they're going to serve him justice just next month. They are scheduling a hanging.
2: Perhaps we could talk about this idea of yours off the
4: air? And I'd heard there were alternatives that you had explored to goats. Now, this young man, he's a Negro.
2: Yes, I understand. This may be a discussion we want to have at a different time. When I can explain to you all the details of my operation, let me make sure we have all your information, and I promise I will personally call you back.
4: Thank you so much, Dr. Brinkley. Like I say, you're a godsend.
0: As you may have surmised, Brinkley did a brisk side business with testicles from recently, yes, hanged corpses. And at least one wealthy patron was a bit too impatient to wait for the hanging. So Brinkley obliged with a living volunteer, paid handsomely, of course, for his contribution. Meanwhile, Brinkley was getting 300 applicants a day for his hospital. By this time, he was also inserting the glands into women's ovaries. He had a large staff all trained in his procedure, and the town loved him. There was Brinkley Zoo, Brinkley Park, Brinkley Tower. Now, wait a second. Was that true, Edward? Was there a Brinkley Tower?
1: No, that's part of the artistic license. But there were plenty of places Brinkley named after himself, including Brinkley Zoo.
0: Okay, all right. So Brinkley Tower is more of a modern commentary.
1: That's right. I think the commentary will become even clearer in episode two. And what's that about? Well, he runs into some trouble, as you might expect, and he transitions into politics.
0: Trouble right here in River City. Uh, well, we seem to have already begun our interview, so why don't you tell us a little about how this project evolved?
1: It evolved where many things evolve on the internet. I was looking at obscure American history things because I like that sort of thing. And there was a little blurb about Brinkley. And it really resonated with me because it was around the time of the Clinton-Trump election. And of course, there are parallels between Trump and Brinkley. So I started doing research and there were a number of books written about him. There's a documentary, there's all sorts of things. And it felt like a good subject for a play. So I decided to follow this form I had used on an earlier play where I had deliberately made it a little bit Brechtian, self-consciously theatrical, and used the country music that he was so involved in to comment on the play and talk to the audience a little bit directly. So in the original, instead of talking to the guest, the narrator was asking questions of the audience. And we put it up at the Fringe Festival in New York City in 2017. So that was the beginning of it. And then with the coronavirus, uh, I was looking for projects that seemed to fit audio drama. And of course, with Brinkley's connection to the radio, it seemed the perfect fit. In fact, at the time, a lot of people who came to see it were telling me that this really should be an audio drama. And I sort of agreed, but I didn't think I had time to work on it. Uh, And now I do have the time.
0: So you created COVID so you could do this.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am to blame. <laughs> You're to
0: blame. So you mentioned Brechtian. The title is Brechtian, right? Or inspired from it?
1: Yes. It's an allusion to The Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui, which he wrote about Hitler. And I wanted to sort of give a tip of the hat to Brecht and the style of Brecht, and of course, the idea of talking about a leader in a difficult time.
0: So did you fit everything you found out about Brinkley into this?
1: Not even close. He has an amazingly complicated history. And well before this play begins he's involved in a lot of elaborate cons he's jailed he also tried to cure impotence by taking colored water and injecting it straight into people's buttocks and calling it electric therapy <laughs> uh, of course <laughs> and yeah he was quite the character even before this began but his road to fame lay in goat testicles so that's where i started <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. Three Billy Goats Gruff. It puts a whole new shine on that. And you mentioned country music. Did the idea to include it more is because he loved it so much?
1: Yeah, well, he was not only a lover of country music, he was really one of its first major advocates because he had his radio station and he could put all these singers on that were not getting any exposure otherwise. And so one of the most famous is the Carter family. They really made their name on Brinkley's shows. When you're looking at the history of country music, it really was beginning at the same time that Brinkley started his radio station. And so he played a big role in making these people household names.
0: And did the idea to have a guest in every episode, did it come from country music or Brinkley, or was it just your idea?
1: Well, I was trying to figure out how to translate the Brechtian speaking with the audience into a radio form. And so I thought there's this convention of having guests on podcasts, and that would be a perfect way to have a conversation going during the episode. It also sort of follows the tradition of the theater company, which is to have guests speak on the subjects involved in the play because I'm a bit of a nerd and like to talk about these things for a long time. Some of my audiences as well. And so for those who want to sit around and hear the history and hear the sort of ideas behind the play, it gives the audience a chance to do so.
0: Why don't you talk about some of the actors that have been involved, both with your company and this project, and more about your company?
1: Yeah, so these actors are all people who have been working with the theater company for years, until the theater company was started a little over 25 years ago. And at least one of the actors has been with us for about 25 years. And 10 years is not unusual. So we're a little bit of a family and love to have the opportunity to work with them. The theater company focuses on things about politics, about science, about philosophy, but we try to do it with a bit of an absurdist tone. So the comical take on Brinkley is fairly typical in terms of the way we try to handle material. Of course, like everyone else, we are shut down during coronavirus times in terms of being in actual theaters. And so... I wanted to have a way to continue the theater company work, but also maybe get a little bit of work for the actors that we've been working with all this time. Uh, And so I came up with the idea of doing these podcasts. And I'm very happy to do it because it gives me a chance to work with people I love and do theater, which I also love. But of course, it's a little harder to finance now because nobody is paying money at the box office. Grants are drying up individual donations are also drying up a little bit. So I'm trying to figure out that aspect of things. So I am going to ask if people are inspired to do so, that they go to www.untitletheater.com. There's a way to donate on the theater company website. You can also see all the things we've worked on over the years and maybe help support the next project of this sort.
0: And that's wonderful, Edward. I mean, I'm so grateful to be an actor myself and a writer and to keep it alive in any way we know how. And also, a big part of that is to be an active audience member and support it. So I wholeheartedly second your message. So thank you all so much for listening. Edward is going to read the credits and we'll be back with part two, the story of Brinkley's run for governor of Kansas.
1: This episode was produced by Untitled Theatre Company No. 61, A Theatre of Ideas. It starred Dan Butler as our narrator and host, Tony Torn as John R. Brinkley, Jenny Lee Mitchell as his wife Minnie and The Caller, John Bladlock as the Blind Cowboy, Craig Anderson as Jimmy, Julia Hoffman as Laura, Joshua Wolf Coleman as Dr. Morris Fishbein, Maxwell Zener as Mr. Stitzworth, and Jason Harris as the reporter. Our song in today's episode was It's a Lie," a parody of In the Pond, Written in the 1870s by an anonymous writer and compiled by Cecil Sharp in 1917, the musical arrangement was originally written by Tom Berger and further developed by Richard Filipin, who music directed, mixed the music, and provided all the instrumentals besides the violin. John Blaylock, Jenny Lee Mitchell, and Craig Anderson provided the vocals, and Julia Hoffman was on violin. Richard also composed and played our background music besides the violin part. The episode was sound designed, edited, and mixed by Josh Samuels. The play was originally presented as a live stage version in New York in October 2018 at the Martha Graham Studios as part of the New York Fringe Festival. My name is Edward Einhorn, and I am the writer and director. Please visit our website on teletheater.com to learn more about the show and our theater company, and maybe to contribute. Thank you again for our listening, and I hope you can join us for the next episode.